0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart Audio Podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Friends, welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. we got a special treat over the next couple of episodes here. I'm delighted to have in the studio... Two of my sons, Blaine and Sam, are joining Craig and I. And what we are so pumped about is this epic trip we just got back from. We took to Moab and the film project and all that's kind of involved in this. So I think you're going to really enjoy the stories that we have to tell. (laughs) When you saw the first pieces of footage from what we shot out there, like, what did that bring back for you?
1: I was just actually thinking of the moments up on the trail where you're watching the drone come towards you, (laughs) trying not to look at it, and being, like, so aware that, like, something pretty massive was going on that you couldn't quite get a scope for. And so that feeling of, like, this epic that you can't quite orient yourself to, and yet, like, just the bikes, the heat. The adventure out there together and to see it actually like resolving into a thing was totally wild because it felt like even like informed the experience of being on the White Rim and just the hugeness of it, the massiveness of the Mm -hmm. undertaking. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely where it was for me is all of a sudden I'm back there. I mean, it's been only like a month or so and it already is hazy and like that happened. That was real. We went through that.
0: One of the most epic trips of our lives. No, easily. Easily.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And just to – See our reactions again to see what it like just the the vastness and the expressions on our faces as we're looking across and as we're whooping and laughing. It's like <laughs> of course I'm I'm right back there and it, and it's the trail and we've got 3 days and and nothing else exists. It is us and the wild and the trail and dirt and sun and
0: camaraderie. Yeah. Really good. What the guys are reacting to um listeners is we did a epic trip out into the deserts of Utah for a film project. And part of it was 100 miles of mountain biking on the White Rim Trail. I mean, vast, vast, panoramic, just majestic, gorgeous wilderness out in the desert and supported by Craig and I in my 1978 Land Cruiser And the film crew in the pickup truck with water, tents, food, gear. And that's a little bit of the backdrop of the story that we're just uh, rejoicing over.
3: Yeah, my my Moab name is Festus. So if you want to refer to me that.
0: I thought you were Cactus Jack. Yeah, Festus. (laughs) You know, when I saw that, we just got a glimpse of the videos that we're going to be releasing from this. And I saw that. I just remembered there was something about the beauty of the wilderness, Mm -hmm. the fellowship that we had together because we were in an epic mission. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just guys out there for a weekend, throwing a Frisbee around and goofing off in the desert. Like, you know, it felt weighty. It felt like this is going to be very, very significant for the kingdom. Yeah, They really did. Yeah. When I, um,
2: first saw one of the other guys that was on the trip that like seeing you guys again for the first time now but i saw trevor who was with us and there was this look in each other's eyes that we exchanged. like you've been to the peak and back Mm. and we've gone through road trips and then lived plenty of life alongside each other but all of a sudden it was like no we've stormed some beach together like you looked across the room and you're like you and i are in the same company and you know what we went through and seeing this video just getting the taste of what is to come and recognizing that like it has that weight to it. It's like it wasn't in our heads. That wasn't just something that we were hyping ourselves up about. It is big. Yeah. It's huge. And it was something that we got to walk through together that made it so rich. And like it wouldn't have been the same thing if we went to go play Frisbee. It wouldn't have been the same thing if it was just me and a bottle of water that needed to be the company of young men and the older father
1: figures. Right.
3: You know what's cool about that, Sam, is that as you get older, you accumulate those things and you realize that the weight of it is you're going to always have that. I mean, that's just always going to be part of the fabric of who you are as Moab and its impact. It's shaping. It's defining. Its, it is is big. It's huge.
0: Yeah. What was one of the highlights for you, Craig, on the whole 10-day epic adventure?
3: Well, just being there was huge for me. Uh, I think one of the highlights was i'm in uh the suburban driving down what was that uh, hogs back hogs head yeah,
0: murphy's, murphy's hog, hog oh, back gosh. yeah
3: yeah and i could see this road that you guys were cycling up and i'm just going you are kidding me and then i realized i'm driving up it <laughs> and i'm not sure how the family suburban's mm-hmm. going to do that but i kicked in a cd playing some creedence clearwater fortunate son And it was like it all came together, rock and roll, epic Canyonlands, Utah, God, young men, mission, me, life. It was just, (laughs) it was ecstatic. (laughs) I was just screaming, yelling, singing the song. And I think I had my iPhone going and it doesn't look on my iPhone film anything the way it felt, but it was just great to be. Outside with men in an adventure, God present. Uh, that was one of them. Totally.
0: Totally. <laughs> yeah. What about for you, Blaine? I think day
1: three of biking, you had gone through all those swings of, like, exuberance and sobriety, of just settling into the epic nature of the mission that we were doing. But, like, day three, there had been this, like, settling of we're going to finish. We're going to do it in time. And the guys were really riding together. But really fast is like in the sense of the team doing it and moving through this beautiful landscape. But with just a surety of five guys on their bikes was so Mm. fun. And then it was in the middle of that that we come down over a hill into a mile of sand several inches deep. And we haven't seen any other riders for days. And suddenly there's just this ruined landscape of men on their bikes walking around these beds. You can see them. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be the worst. But even to like be in that and have the support vehicles come down and, again, just this sense of mission, epic mission. Here's the Land Cruiser. Here's the film team. And here's the guys on your bikes and you're trying to navigate. Mm. Phenomenal.
0: Mm. Yeah. Totally. So to bring our listeners up to speed again a little bit, Sam and I wrote a book together that comes out in September called Killing Lions. The subtitle is Courage and the trials that young men face. And to go with that project, we're creating a series of videos, adventure videos, short adventure videos with phenomenal cinematography and fabulous music tracks, but with the kind of content that you don't normally yeah. get in those, you know, classic kayaking videos or those uber ski videos or whatever. And you see guys doing phenomenal stuff, but they're usually pretty empty. But what we're trying to bring to it is a message about courage and masculinity, about friendship and the need of having guys in your life and some really great conversations around having older guys in your life. I think that was one of the highlights for me on the trip was Craig and I, five young guys together. Mm-hmm. Like there was just something you guys were bringing to us, a life and a joy that was just rich and spontaneous mm-hmm. and fun and the laughter, and it felt like we were able to offer some fathering and wisdom and and just kind of like a kingly oversight, you mm-hmm. know, to your lives. There was just something really sweet about all that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Love sitting out on, what was that, night two, uh, just on the rim mm-hmm. and just enjoying what we have your uh, your stew, your elk marinara yeah, right. stew. the elk spaghetti. Yeah. Oh, so good. Just talking.
2: Something we ended up repeating over and over again was we completely underestimated this. And it was like totally from God. God was in it. Like we thought we all trained. We thought we knew what we were kind of biting off and uh, that we would all feel like. Oh, I'm not sure we can get through this. I don't know if the cars can make it. I don't know if we can make it. There were crashes. My knee got really hurt. I wasn't able to actually finish the whole thing. And there was just this piece of... We didn't fabricate the danger, the adventure, the the trial of it. We quickly realized that we jumped into something pretty deep and weighty <laughs> that we had completely underestimated. And one of my favorite memories was the last night, actually, after the film crew had left, and we're all out in the middle of the desert, fire going. And just that there was... A richness and yeah. going around and telling each other all that we'd seen in that mm-hmm. past week of like strength and their humor yeah. and their offering of fathering and just one by one. And it felt like everything was spoken to. It wasn't something lacking. It wasn't false. It was, it was really rich and intimate and like the perfect way to end that trip. It didn't feel like we walked away with an ache of something that had been missing.
0: Mm-hmm. In fact, everything that got captured on film is real you know we didn't fake that like those are the kinds of conversations that went down and naz's crash and mm-hmm. nearly going off a cliff and just how gnarly that footage is it's horrifying but it's real right and then blaine stepping in yeah that was huge wilderness first responder here providing medical treatment for naz and yeah just it's real
1: yeah it's all authentic it's
0: real life
1: yeah yeah i think we needed to have underestimated the undertaking. It had to have been enormous (laughs) so that the mythic nature would, in fact, take over and become the propelling force of these conversations and of the experience, rather than trying to generate them. It felt like being propelled when we're 40 miles into a ride, no one's seen Trevor for 10 minutes, and all of a sudden he comes biking up, talking to the GoPro attached to his camera, refusing to talk to any of the other riders. Just, (laughs) GoPro, this is Trevor. If I don't get out... Relay this message to Audrey. (laughs) I didn't know why I came to the desert until now. I love you. (laughs) For hours. Yeah,
3: You guys are so much fun to be with. I'm not sure our listeners know much about you other than little pieces here and there from from John. Sam, Blaine, what are you guys doing? What are you up to now? What's happening? Well, I have...
2: Successfully survived the winter of the Midwest out in Minnesota. They they tried to knock me down with two of those polar vortexes, but somehow I managed to slog through the snow and the long nights. I've actually been bartending out there, kind of something that I wanted to tackle, and I had romanticized it, and that gets shattered pretty quickly in the service industry for about 30 <laughs> minutes. There's no glamour left anymore. But it's been fun to be affirmed in a totally different way. I went to college for English and that's a passion of mine to write, obviously getting to write this book with my dad this past year was huge. And I moved out to Minnesota to be allowing my wife, Susie, to go to nursing school out there. That's where she's from. And so in that respect, I wanted to step into a world that I hadn't already received validation and it makes sense. You know, you're a climber and you've you've done big walls, you want to try something new. And I think there was a piece of that in this bartending thing. It was really cool to be affirmed in an area that really had no stake in my life going forward, to have these general managers affirm my work ethic and to rise up quickly. It was really cool that these people don't care whether I succeed or fail, and they are seeing that I have what it takes in, in mm-hmm. new and different ways. And so that's been a neat piece of being out there and pursuing a different career path that probably, you know, it's not going to be something I can survive for very long, but that's been something that gets me out of the house, and I am working on a magazine with Blaine that we've been just slogging away through for a year, and then really had some awesome momentum lately as we've been able to to launch our first couple of issues, and had a lot of fun to get to do that.
3: And you're in the market for a motorcycle?
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't make a ton of money as a bartender, but I did have to sell, <laughs> I,
3: I did have to sell my my
2: motorcycle when I was leaving California. Because, well, you can drive it out there 365 days a year. I didn't have a garage in Minneapolis. So I've been trying to to find the void filler in the (laughs) the form of a motorcycle lately as the the birds have come back and the grass is growing. Every time I see a a motorcyclist go by, I cannot share on their joy at all. I just (sighs) stare at them and go, you you don't know how good you've got it. (laughs) You just come over here for a second. Right.
3: Uh, Blame. What about you?
1: I graduated a year ago now and stayed in Spokane, Washington. I'd gone to school. Luke, our younger brother, is a student there right now, and I wanted to live with him. So this year in Spokane, I've kind of pieced it together. I work in a middle school with (sighs) 7th and 8th graders, tutoring geometry mostly, which is strange because I also studied writing and was attracted to words, creation, They believe that writing is the one revolution which touches on all the others, so you don't have to surrender anything. And one time at the middle school, a student had a question about their essay. It was a great day. Um, (laughs) That doesn't happen very often. And I also work at a climbing gym, also with children, with four to ten-year-olds, the spider monkeys, doing a youth climbing class. And then with Sam this year, I've been working on Anson's, the magazine, which began really almost as a nights and weekends project that we could structure other actions around, but has really built momentum and built itself to this space where it is actually demanding most of the time, even more time than it feels like, as available now to it on account of the middle school and the climbing children. Yeah, a lot of thought on a daily basis.
3: So spider monkeys, uh, are you a spider monkey yourself? or
1: I'm the chieftain, actually. Uh, they call me captain. That was a demand. Uh, they would not receive attention unless they said, captain, captain Blaine is fine. The middle schoolers have received the same ultimatum.
0: The middle schoolers call you captain? Yes,
1: they do. I'm sure they're more resistant than that. I no, they weren't more resistant than that.
3: <laughs>
2: it was that this.
1: uncomfortable day when the district program coordinator came in to observe our model classroom and... Students are going, okay, who are you with? I'm with Captain. Uh, Excuse me. Captain, are you doing geometry today or are you doing social studies? Uh, Oh, you kids and your jokes. Oh, Mr. Eldridge is fine.
0: Uh. (laughs) Craig, one of the cool things for our listeners to hear is that all three of my sons are English majors. All three of them are phenomenal writers Luke's ending his sophomore year in college, but just got the scholarship for the English department, and he's a great poet. It's just so really just powerful and beautiful to watch God weave something together here that none of us scripted, none of us intended. You know, our family culture is follow your heart, follow your dreams, walk with God, you know, chase your passions, and yet here we are. And one of the things that God's given us to do is to work together on this online magazine called Ansons. So Sam, Blaine, their brother Luke, and I have this opportunity to collaborate on this really cool online project, which will also be the feature ground or the launching place for these epic videos that are coming in our June issue.
3: When you guys first... uh... Showed me the link, and I went on. I, I was blown away by the caliber, the quality. <laughs> I mean, uh, the photography of that brook trout just blew me away. And then some of the other photos of uh, Luke on the municycle. Did I say that right? You did, mm-hmm. Okay, I was afraid I might expose myself. <laughs> I'm not a municyclist. But uh, it was so good, the writing I found myself stunned by all four of you guys and just the clarity, the passion, the beauty of your writing, and then the photography, and then the topics were crazy wild. My first time, I just kind of raced through because I wanted to see everything, and then I bore down and read with particular interest the article on holy smokes and motorcycles and God and Eve. It was really great. Mm. I think, Mm. listeners, I think uh, check it out. I think you're being amazed by Mm. the quality and the direction Mm.
0: of it. Describe for our listeners, Sam and Blaine, the categories that you guys are operating in monthly.
2: Yeah, well, we set up for ourselves some categories that we want to be revisiting and that, that, frankly, are broad and allow for a lot of freedom within them. But some categories that we want to be tackling – are things like Adventure and Beauty, Eve, of course, because it wouldn't be a magazine for men if Eve wasn't involved. There's God and Good Things, a category for Growing Yourself, and one called Engage, about a way to just bring action and change to the world. I think that might be all of them. Yeah, that's all
1: seven. Great. Well,
2: So those are the categories that we try to operate in every month, and it's actually been a really great process to be able to to brainstorm just things that fall into that, what are our passions to write from, because if anything, we want this magazine to be authentic. We want it to be spoken from a, a true place and, and we believe in that beauty. So it's wonderful to hear that it is hitting that mark of being aesthetically and literally beautiful. Mm. But there is that, we're not going to write about something that we don't believe to be true or that God hasn't put on our hearts as something that we want to be talking about. So it's always a, a fun time to just actually be brainstorming about what's the adventure? What's lately been going on that we want to be sharing? Because it is an invitation.
0: Speaking of adventure, Blaine, what's the adventure article for May?
1: May is road trip. So there's actually a lot of shuffling that goes on as we're putting this together. And like Sam just nailed it with going, it has to be authentic. And it also has to be really invitational because we're not these Unbelievable examples of adventurers who also have it all together, but like rather want something that's very accessible. and our adventure wants to land there. And so the road trip one is this expression of these great road trips that we've taken and the activities that have surrounded them, and then how you can orient yourself to a great road trip, what to bring, what to anticipate, the attitude you need to have. And it came out of a bit ago I took a road trip with a friend of mine to go rock climbing across the state. But then all that unfolded around it of just bizarre gas stations and ending up in the middle of a festival in a town. We didn't know what was going on. The town was supposed to be empty. We get in. There are 8,000 people there, lights, a celebration going on. And then we get into where it's supposed to be abandoned, this backwards camping and run into a camping frontier town. of It was very organized. People, there are fires that appear to be neighborhoods set up and we found that road. And so just all of it, the the wildness and the response that goes into road tripping.
0: And what I love about that idea, too, is like it's accessible for guys. Yeah. You know, you got a car. You got a buddy who's got a car. What would you call it? Adventure in a can? Yeah. It's available to people. It's not like you have to go heli skiing. It's not like you have to score the trip to the Galapagos or, you know, right? You won the European vacation. All the articles feel so available to guys. You know, it's real world real-life stuff, but with an invitation to more.
3: What's your guys' hope for it? Where is it going? What would you long to see happen? This, Ann Sons is out there and guys in their 20s, 30s, a whole bunch of people are reading it, looking at it. Totally. What would you love?
1: I think from the beginning, kind of getting a vision for what it would look like to work together on this project, there was around it the feeling of some revolution, that God might in fact be up to something going after the hearts of young men, and that the journal could, in fact, be one of the ways in which restoration, adventure, and then just eventually a pretty deep life would be coming to men in their teens all the way through their 30s as they're impacted. And so I would love to see that happen. And as people are beginning to read it, we're beginning to get this feedback back. It's been really exciting to see that actually we could create a thing that could be really invitational And that people could accept the invitation to something that is, in fact, outside of ourselves and then begin stepping in to the masculinity that we hope to portray and offer as accessible. Yeah. Part of it really is an exploration of
2: growing up. And it's not necessary that it's a magazine for young men. It's a magazine that's for men that are young at heart. And that's a much greater variety than just college-age guys. Mm as we kind of step forward into learning what it's like there's so many magazines out there online about how to tie a tie or how to give a toast and they all seem to fall flat there's nothing really there there's, they there, really this, do you know, there's it's a empty. Seven, seven bullet points to like the perfect tie and the perfect interview huh. and you just kind of you're like well now i know how to do that but i don't feel any more initiated i don't feel like i actually have anything new so while i want to echo what blaine was saying about what we want i would also love to just see that we're striking that chord of authentic masculinity that people would read it and go, They get it, they get me. I want to be in this tribe. I feel like I've already been in it and now I've finally found it. And for guys to journey along with us, that it would be something that grows and evolves and I want there to be I want there to be a desire for Anscense magazine more for mm. guys that wanna just mm. gather around it for it to multiply and mm. and continue to be authentic and genuine that we
0: would grow along with our readers. Craig, it really does have, it has the feel of God reaching out to men in the ways that it felt like in the early days of Wild at Heart. I mean, Back in 2000, 2001, God was doing something. He was reaching out. He was expressing his heart for us as men, and he was drawing men to his heart as well something really rich is going on with this and that's why we're excited to share it with our Mm -hmm. listeners so friends you've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John Eldridge Craig McConnell and two of my three sons Sam and Blaine so thanks for listening in this is part one of a two part series on some very cool things God's doing in film and online magazines and in the world of reaching kind of a new wave of reaching out to men so please Check out the new magazine online. You can find it at andsonsmagazine.com. Thanks for listening in.